Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah. I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage. And tonight we continue our series in the Book of Romans and we will conclude Chapter 4. If you would like to join in our conversation or if you have questions or would like prayer, we have call screeners standing by and they can be reached at 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, happy anniversary. <laughs> it's our 27th anniversary of Heritage Baptist Church today. And I have a question for you. If if I were to ask you what's the most memorable moment within those 27 years, what would you say that moment is? Micah, that question just jumbles my brain. I, I short circuit <laughs> okay. because there's just so many things that just coming to me like all at once. Yeah. I, the first thing I thought of was our very first service that oh. we had and mm-hmm. just the blessing of having 30 people come wow. to the very first oh, wow. service. Wow. Now, ha- more than half of those people I already knew, okay. but there were some visitors yeah. even that first Sunday. Wow. And then, of course, I remember getting kicked out when our church was kicked out of one school we were in on Wednesday afternoon, and we had to find a new place by that Sunday. And I remember God just did it. Wow. I mean, it's a story, but I'll just say God just did it. Mm. And the next day, after we signed a place to meet at this next location, going out to eat with the man who helped orchestrate that and just saying, God, thank you, you know. But then I think of people, all the people, and I think of... The blessings and, you know, the challenges. But I think of how you came to me, Micah, and said that you wanted to serve as a ministry assistant. That has to be a highlight for our church and a blessing (laughs) to have you serving. And I think of Pastor Carmine. Mm -hmm. I think of when we ordained him. That was a great moment for our church. And, and, um, you know, I I could just go on and on. But I think all the people is really the blessing. All all of God's presence in our lives and Mm. throughout the year. So thank you for that. uh, Amen short-circuiting question. (laughs) But we are so excited, Micah, this evening to have with us three just wonderful, precious, godly women with us in our church who really serve with such quietness. And I'm glad that they can come out in the open here, you know. And there are three sisters who really connected with each other, I think, because of their West Indian culture. So we have Sister Joan, originally from the great island of... Jamaica. You know, my parents went on their honeymoon there. So, yeah. And then we have Sister Megan, originally from... St. Vincent. St. Vincent. Okay. And then we have Sister Agatha, originally from... Grenada, Grenada. the Isle of Spice. <laughs> the Isle of Spice. And can we ever forget, you talk about all, yeah. highlights, can we ever forget when we were in Grenada on our missions trip, and Agatha, the meal that you... Who was that down there? Was that Rosie? Who, just somebody, a lady, a, a, a Christian sister that you know, 
and Rosie prepared the most amazing, the most amazing yeah. Grenadian meal for how many people were like in our group, like tw- twelve or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Gatha, that was so sweet of you. And your daughter came, and so we yeah. met your daughter that night. Yeah, it was yeah, special. That, really that's special. right. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, so many memories. Mm-hmm. And uh, this evening, we're excited to have uh, Joan and Megan and, and Agatha with you tonight, that we could talk about this passage in Romans chapter 4, and we're calling this Standing on the Promises. And mm-hmm. I, I, I know that God has led you to stand on the promises of Jesus Christ and the Word of God. And so we're so glad that you could be with us to share in this tonight and to share your experiences and how the Lord has led you to stand on his promises tonight. So we're going to be, dear friends, in Romans chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 13 to 25 as we talk about standing on the promises tonight. And Micah, you'll start us off and then lead us in prayer. Okay, so Romans chapter 4, verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. When he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered, not at the promise of God, through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he hath promised, he was able to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just come to you again tonight, Lord, and just ask you to fill this room, Lord, fill this radio studio with your presence as we speak about your word in Romans chapter 4, Lord. Bless us, bless our listeners, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So this passage of Scripture is so beautiful as Paul continues focusing in like a laser beam on the truth of our justification Mm. that we are declared righteous when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and he's using Abraham as an ancient example that justification is by faith and faith alone through the grace of God and this passage says that Abraham is the heir of this world. So we're going to talk about that interesting expression. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about he's the father of us all. And what does that mean? He's the father of many nations. And he staggered not at the promise of God. So we're going to talk about these beautiful passages 
focusing in on how he stood on the promises of God. And that's a key word in this passage, Mm. isn't it? It's used in verse 13, 14, Mm -hmm. 16, 20, 21, number of times the word promise Mm. is used, especially, again, it says in verse 21, and being fully persuaded that what he, that is God, had promised, he was able also to perform. So that's really the... Theme ver- mm. a theme verse that he stood on the promises of God. Yeah. Amen. And we're thrilled to have you three ladies with us tonight because we know, I know you walk with the Lord and you stand on those promises of Amen. God. So Amen. as we begin talking about this passage tonight, let's, let's just think for a, mi- a minute and I would just like to th- uh, you to think about in personal and practical ways how you have stood on those promises of God and maybe share a verse of scripture relating to your stand on those promises. So we'll start with Agatha over over here. Agatha, could you share with us how God has led you to stand on the promises and what's one of your favorite Bible promises? John 3.16. Okay. It's a well-known verse, Pastor. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So I'm standing on that promise of believing in him that I shall not perish but have that everlasting life. And I'm not talking a head knowledge. I'm talking a heart knowledge where I have that understanding of him and who he is yeah amen. appreciating that knowledge amen when did you come to know jesus christ as your personal savior it's a lot of years ago pastor <laughs> <laughs> i was 16 years of age uh-huh. and i visited that church in tortola and then the pastor were there it was um, brother freeman and being that religious person i stood there and i just listened and somehow, I don't know what happened, I went up and I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. And since from that, I used to read the Word, but the Word of was no enlightening and no interest to in me. But since that day, mm. I've yeah. received Christ as my Isn't Lord and Savior, yeah. I had a better impact of the Word mm. on me. Yeah, mm. same with me. I couldn't read the Bible before I was saved, frankly. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't, I couldn't understand it or digest it. Or think anyone could even live up to it, but mm-hmm. by the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, Gatha. Thank Amen. you so much. Amen. And uh, Sister Joan, what's a beautiful promise that you love to stand on? Uh, it's Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given mm-hmm. unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Pastor, this is my... I practically use this a lot in my life. Mm. Whenever I'm in despair or unhappy or... And I know that, you know, God is right next to me. I can ask him. And he most of the time delivers. Yes. <laughs> so I'm quite... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's my favorite. So I, um, I remember years ago when a really significant thing happened. I was in Lagos, Nigeria, <clears throat> and I was diagnosed with cervical cancer. And the doctor asked my husband and I to come because this was after a routine pap smear that I had done. He asked us to come together, and I was surprised, why is he asking my husband too? Mm -hmm. So anyway, we went to see him. He sat us down Mm. and then told me I... The The big C word. Yes. uh, That'll shake you up, right? Mm -hmm. It sure did. I I was dumbfounded. Mm -hmm. My husband was so distressed. Mm. And... um, 
So we took the documentation from the doctor, and we, my husband told him, you know, we'll be back, but we, we need to digest this first. And we went out to the parking lot and sat in the car, and, um, uh, he, you know, he said, look, we have to get this confirmed in the United States. We can't just take this for it. Mm. So um, we said a word of prayer together, mm. and... Um, but I, I must say, um, my mind was just, I couldn't focus. Sure. I was so shocked. Yeah. So um, we, he bought me a ticket for the USA, and I called my cousin Marcia, who lived in New York at the time, which she still does, and told her the problem. And we um, got the ticket and flew to the U.S., New York, and she came to meet me at the airport. And she's so wonderful. She had already spoken to her friend, mm. who's a big gynecologist in New York, and set up an appointment for me for the very next day. Wow. Amen. Yeah. And so I went to see, yeah. um, yes, this doctor, and she did a lot of tests on me, and another pap smear, and also um, some other examinations and stuff. And then um, she said in a few days she would let me know. And she called me, and I went in to see her, and she couldn't find a trace oh. of mm. any cancer. Oh, mm. praise God. None, whatever. Yeah. And uh, I just felt that this is God's work because I didn't really stop praying. Yeah. Mm. I said, Lord, yeah. you promised that if I Ask. asked you, yeah. you would give it to me. Yeah. And so I kept reminding him of his promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, but I, I was really overjoyed. And I, and I said, well, what about all these papers from Nigeria? And she said... She doesn't know, but mm -hmm. what she can only tell me what mm -hmm. she has what seen. She, what she, yes. And what God may have done. Yes, mm -hmm. and I say, perhaps God, God brought about that healing. Mm -hmm. Ask, and, and it shall God. be given to you. Yes. Praise the Lord that you're standing on that promise. And, Amen. and I know Amen. when you see something like that answered in your life, God answer prayer and deliver you, then you know He can do he it can again. He can do anything. That's right. He can, he can do, do it again nothing and again. Nothing is impossible. For yeah, God. nothing is impossible. Yes. That's right. Yes. Amen. Beautiful. Amen. Praise the Lord Amen. for that wonderful testimony, Joan. Megan, could you share a promise of God that you're standing upon? Okay, well, Sister Joan, I really enjoy listening to you. That was so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, but but Pastor, I think I love Second Timothy one twelve says, I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Yeah. Well, Pastor, you know, I remember very well that when I was just a little girl growing up on the beautiful Anna St. Vincent and the Grenadines, how that the thing that caused me the most joy was seeing the look on my father's face when he spoke about mm. the love of Christ, mm. you know, and, and I wanted that more than anything else. I want to be mm. just like him. And um, the fact is, we did not have much wealth, you know, not much in terms of money or anything. But um, he seemed to have more than that. He had the love of God, yes. and that was enough joy for him. Mm -hmm. And when I received Christ as my own personal Savior, I was able to share in that joy and how wonderful it was. However, I know that there are times in my life even when I that faith grew small and... Um, and um, the feeling of sadness and fear return. Mm -hmm. And then I, I know that w what helps me is when I am pressed to remember that Christ is the one who keeps my soul, that I cannot keep it for myself. 
and therefore my mind should be at rest and that helps me you see the fact is the act of committing my soul uh, to him is the true source of peace mm. in the trials of life Amen. knowing that he and he alone has the power to keep me and to keep that which I've committed to him Amen. Praise God. You know, we didn't orchestrate these testimonies, but each has such a beautiful emphasis. And dear friends tonight, we have wonderful call screeners here tonight to receive your calls. Brother Raul and his wonderful wife, Wanda. Also, Sister Esther, Dr. Han is here. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. Agatha shared John 3.16 about salvation. Maybe you need to call upon Jesus to save you. Sister Joan shared a beautiful testimony of God answering prayer when she was diagnosed with cancer. Maybe you have some sort of medical diagnosis or going through some great trial in your life and you need prayer and deliverance. Give us a call. We would love to pray with you tonight. And Sister Megan shared just going through trials as a believer and having the joy of the Lord like your dad. Oh, maybe you you say, I wish I had a dad like Megan had that radiated the love and joy of the Lord. But we can point you to our Heavenly Father who is a joyful, wonderful, powerful God. And he can be your Heavenly Father, dear right. friends. And so give us a call if we could pray for you at 929-333-3739. And Micah, what's a promise that you, you're standing on? Yeah, well, Pastor, we heard um, this past Friday that Pastor Tim Keller of Redeemer Presbyterian Church passed away. And I did go to that church for more than a decade. And, yeah. you know, I'm a Baptist for a reason, a reason yeah, now, and absolutely. I've spoken on that. So I did leave that church. But, you know, I have to say that I did grow quite a bit there in my faith while I was sitting under Tim's preaching. And I remember back to, you know, a time when I was really just getting my spiritual footing. And Tim preached a sermon where he really carefully parsed the moral and logical reasons for why Christians sometimes need to give up certain relationships that are not pleasing to God. Mm -hmm. You know, and then at the tail end of the sermon... What he did was he acknowledged that sometimes even that logic and reason don't always lessen the pain of those sacrifices, mm. but through the pain, we must remember the promise of Jesus in Matthew nineteen twenty nine, where Jesus says, And everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake mm-hmm. shall, shall receive a hundredfold True. and shall inherit everlasting life. So Amen. in other words, Jesus will reward us in heaven far and above the painful sacrifices True. that we make for him here on earth. And that promise is one that gave me a lot of comfort and hope in the moment. And I've stood on that promise ever since. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Dear friends, are you standing on the promises tonight? Maybe you say, I need a promise to stand on. Give us a call, and our call screeners will provide a promise that you could stand on this evening at 929-333-3739. So now let's, look at, let's get into this passage a bit as we're in Romans chapter 4, and verse, beginning at verse 13. And we see here that God's promises are sure. And it says in verse 13, for the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And so God's promises to Abraham were not conditioned upon Abraham keeping the law, because Abraham didn't even have the law. He didn't even know the law. And that's why Paul is using Abraham as such a powerful example of salvation and justification, because His salvation was not through the law, but it was by God's grace Mm -hmm. through faith. And so, Megan, in Romans chapter 4, verse 13, 
What amazing thing does God promise to Abraham? And what does this mean to us? That's a lovely question, Pastor. You see, God promised Abraham that he and his descendants will be heir of the whole wide mm. world. And that's such a big promise. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to make promises because sometimes yeah. I, I just can't keep them. That's <laughs> right. They say don't make a promise you can't keep, especially <laughs> as a parent, right? Right. Yeah. But this is really a big one. You see, an heir is one who succeeds yeah. or is to succeed like in an estate. It, it's, it's, uh, it speaks of inheritance. Mm-hmm. And Abraham and his, and his descendants will bring forth the Messiah into the world to provide salvation by grace for all. The fact is that Abraham's seed will inherit not just a piece of territory in Israel, but instead they will inherit the whole wide world. Mm-hmm. Right, and that is so wonderful. Um, this means God's promised Abraham's seed a number of things. Number mm-hmm. one, a land of an inheritance or for an inheritance to a people as numerous as the stars of the sky or of that's the heavens. Right, that's right. That's right. He brought Abraham out to the stars, didn't right. he? And you know what, Pastor? I can remember growing up as a little girl in St. Vincent, how during night, yeah. at night time, my parents would allow us to go in our backyard in the night hmm. to play in the hmm. night. It's, it's safe. We do have. Yeah. yeah. It's very, very safe at that time. <laughs> very, very safe. So we would play in the backyard during night, especially at hmm. nights when... Um, the the mood is not out. Sometimes mm. it's out and we are happy. But even when the moon is not out, we are still happy to go out to when there's not when the, the moon is not bright. And um, at that time, we, we didn't even have street lights. So think about it. Wow. There is no moon yeah. out, no street lights. But the good thing about it that in those days the air was not. Um, filled with smoke and fumes yeah, so it's it was clear. clear so you can see straight up in the sky sure. and then it was so, so wonderful beautiful. so magnificent so magnificent yeah. to just lie on your back and look about those stars I remember counting the big ones <laughs> I yeah. couldn't count the small ones because they, it seemed as if every square inch was filled with stars yeah. big ones and small ones mm. there was Almost not a single spot in the heavens where a star was not occupied. And the heavens declare his glory, right? It was so beautiful and starry, Pastor. It was magnificent. Mm. And just imagine, God promised Abraham a people as numerous as those stars in the heaven. Mm. Not only that, he promised Abraham a seed through which the Redeemer would come. And lastly, he promised Abraham that all nations of the world will be blessed. Through him, oh, what wonderful promise! Promise mm. God made to Abraham. Abraham is said to is said to be the heir of the world through Jesus Christ, who will be king over the entire earth, and that's so wonderful. Yeah, that's a, that's a big promise, and I, I think of Psalm two, verse eight, Micah, where it says, "Ask of me," the Father says to His Son. And I will give you the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. That was so beautiful. Thank you for that answer, Megan. Micah, did yeah. you have a response? Well, I just think, you know, the most important important part of the promise was fulfilled in the coming of the Messiah, Jesus yeah. Christ. You know, but that fulfillment, the full promise, you know, Megan went over four different things. You know, it's not 100% complete. Um, there's still going to be a time in the future when Abraham and his seed will be recognized as the heirs of the world, and a time when the borders of Israel will expand all the way from the Nile to the Euphrates, and a time when the nations of the world will recognize 
recognize God's blessing through his people. And I just wanted to read a couple verses from Isaiah that puts it like this in Isaiah 2, 2 through 3. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and all nations shall flow to it. And many people will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we can walk in his paths. For the law will go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So it's an amazing promise, and one day it will be completely fulfilled. Amen. Amen. That's wonderful. And Alexis is on the phone right now. And she's alone somewhere but uh, Alexis if you could turn your phone t- turn your radio down but you're on the Heritage of Faith Conversation program are you doing? okay Alexis <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing I think I know what I'm doing I'm not sure what's happening out there but uh, I thought she wanted to share a blessing and yeah. answered the prayer but, but I think when maybe, you're driving sometimes when maybe you're driving. when you're when you're so- settled down Alexis give us a call so, Mike, as we continue here in Romans chapter 4, verse 14 and 15 are not easy no. to digest. Mm. And it says, For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Now, what exactly is Paul driving at here? And if, if only those who keep the law inherit God's kingdom. Why Why is Paul saying essentially here that faith would be made void or that faith would be made of none effect? What is Paul driving at? Yeah, well, it is a little bit difficult to digest, but it's a pretty simple com- concept that, you know, we're fallen men and we don't want to accept it, but inheriting the kingdom of God, it can't be both through the law and through faith. It's sort of mm-hmm. an either-or proposition here. And Paul, he's making the point that if salvation comes through the law, and following the law, then faith couldn't have anything to do with it. Faith would be voided off the balance sheet and have no effect. But of course, we know that the entire balance sheet, it's actually dependent on faith. And the item that gets voided, in fact, is following the law. So this is a great thing because no man ever followed the law perfectly, except Jesus, of course. And therefore, the rest of us would be in a sorry state if our salvation was based on the law because eternal death would actually be required. So no Faith is counted as righteousness, and in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that is the key to inheriting the kingdom of God. It is an either-or situation. Yeah. Megan, did you yes. have something to add? Yes, Pastor. Not only the law will be of non effect, I think the death of Christ will be of non effect too. That's true. I think because the death effect relates to our faith in Him. Yeah. You mm-hmm. see, so... That's important. So if it was right about now. our work, then he would have no. died in vain, in vain if we could work our way to That's heaven. Right. Yes. Then, then we w- we we would we wouldn't need what Jesus did, but we need His work yeah, to save us, and yeah. that's why it's by faith. Because when we believe in Him, then what we actually owe God is paid, which is death. Because our works don't pay what we owe God, That's which is right. death. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go to a song here. We've got a lot to talk about, dear friends, and we're going to continue. We're going to talk about how Abraham is the father of us all and how against hope he believed in hope. So you stick right there with us. But we want to go to a great song that speaks of the great promise of God that he will never forsake us. And give us a call right now at 929-333-3739 if you need prayer. 929-333-3739. Call us for now. We want to pray for you. Oh, soul, are you weary from wave upon wave of grief and affliction? 
Day, dear friends, he loves you. You know, Mikey, you asked me when we started the program some of my uh, memories, and you know, I have to say, yeah. we have such a great brother in our church, Tito, mm. who does our website. And mm. I want to encourage our listeners to go to our website at hbcnyc.org, and that's initials for Heritage Baptist Church, New York City, hbcnyc.org. And we have a really nice website. Yeah. And right now we're t- we're we're uh, getting ready for our revival meeting in June. We also updated all of our missionaries that we support. And I would just give Tito all this information to update him. Man, he goes right to it, and yeah, he does such a quick. great job. So if you you can see all of our missionaries that we support, you can listen to messages that we share. You can hear testimonies as well as you can also find the podcast for our yeah. radio program mm-hmm. on our website, dear friends. So so visit us at hbcnyc.org. So we're in Romans chapter four tonight, dear friends, and and uh, Sister Agatha. What an amazing little verse 16, where it says that Abraham is the father of us all. And how is 
that true? It is quite true, Pastor, because Abraham believed God. Mm. And that is the essence of it all. Because of his belief in God, that is why we could claim him as our father today. Father of, you know, of what God said to him. And I believe that. I used to sing that song, Father Abraham. (laughs) But, you know, I cannot sing. Maybe Sister Megan may sing better than me. And I did not know the meaning of that song. Right. As I know it today, yeah. as I had shared from the beginning, when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's a new birth, there is new life, there's a new understanding, and this is where I am today. And we thank God for Abraham believing God, and that we today as a people, all who believe in Jesus Christ, would be part of being Abraham family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I too remember singing that song, but I wasn't a child. I was a Bible college graduate and still didn't understand what it meant. <laughs> I, I remember because I didn't grow up in Sunday school, yeah. you know, singing that song. Oh, okay. And I was uh-huh. helping another church in their vacation Bible school, and the kids were singing, Father Abraham had many sons. And you know, and then you spin around and you uh, sing yes, it again yes. and you sing it over oh, and over. Oh, and it was like, what are the. What what does it mean, you know? <laughs> but you know what it means? Galatians chapter 3, mm-hmm. verse 6 and 7 says, Even as Abraham believed Believe God, God, like you said, Agatha, mm-hmm. it was accounted to him for, for righteousness. righteousness. So when he believed God, God looked at him as righteous. And when you're righteous, you're saved. Mm-hmm. When you're righteous, you can go to heaven. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, mm-hmm. the same are the children of Abraham. So in that sense, Amen. he's the father of the mm-hmm. faithful. Mm-hmm. He's the friend of God. Let mm-hmm. me just add one yeah, thing, sure. Pastor. I was a very religious person. And where Abraham came from, he did not acknowledge the Creator God mm-hmm. yeah. until yeah. God spoke to him and he believed. And this is the same thing with a lot of us today. Mm. We have so much religious ideas. We have to walk. We have to do this. We have to do that. But this is not what God required. He required faith Amen. and belief in Him. That's so right. trust that today. And your friend, the phone lines are open at 929-333-3739. Give us a call if we could pray for you. And so let's move ahead now to see how God's promises are sufficient. Mm-hmm. And Sister Joan, in Romans 4, verse 17, what an interesting little verse, and, a, and the phraseology of this verse is so compelling, and it draws me into it. But in Romans 4, 17, it says that God calls those things which be not as though they were. So what does this mean, and how, how can God call those things which be not as though they were? Well, Pastor, I think um, because God is all-powerful, yeah. uh, He created the world and all of us in it, I think He can call whatever He wants, and it will be done. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Except candy. Yeah. I, I say God speaks those things that doesn't exist, yeah. And if they do, because he knows the future. Yes. Uh, we think of God's power in creation when he called the light, when there was nothing but darkness. And God called things that don't exist because he's God and nothing is impossible for him. Mm. In this passage, God calls Abraham a father of many nations. Mm-hmm. 
even though no nation existed then, because God had already planned nations all over the world. Right. So, um, that's my answer. I think God yeah. is awesome. Amen. <laughs> he, he is awesome. <laughs> and that's right. He, he, he sees the future, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes. And he says what's going to be before it is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know, God exists outside of time, and so therefore he sees the end from the beginning, and he yes. knew how Abraham's life and legacy would unfold. So he spoke with certainty, calling out the future as though the future had already arrived. So while Abraham saw his situation from an earthly perspective... God saw it from a heavenly perspective, and he saw the future father of a great nation. He saw the miracle son Isaac, who would be the first son in a line of millions. So another interesting interesting phrase that I saw in this verse is that God is the one who quickeneth the dead. And to quicken mm. is the old English way of saying to make alive. So Paul is describing God as the one who will bring Abraham and Sarah's dead bodies to life so they could procreate, you know? Um, right. But anytime we think of God bringing dead to life, we can't help but think of the ultimate example, which was raising his son Jesus in the resurrection. So everything that happened in Abraham and Sarah's situation pointed forward to that glorious day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when it says he calls those things which be not as though they were, I think of us, mm-hmm. where First John chapter 3 says that when we see him, we shall be what? We shall like be him. like, like him. him. For we shall see him as he is. Mm-hmm. So God sees us now as we will be like him one mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. We're not like him right now, but God calls us. God says we will be like him. And yeah. so he calls those things which be not as though they were. Amen. So even relating to us, it is so true. And so, Sister Megan, this <laughs> passage is so filled with amazing scriptures. Yeah, I just want to say another yeah. thing to add to that. Absolutely. You see, time and space, God is not subject to time and space. Mm, that's right. And as a result, um, he can do whatever he wants, as Sister June said. Amen. Yeah. Amen. He certainly can. Thank you. I'm sorry if I, if I didn't see you. We have, like, these <laughs> monitors in front of us, and so uh, sometimes I, I, I don't catch Here's everything. Me. Uh, huh? She's going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, was, she was trying to get my attention. And, uh, okay. Just keep trying, sister. Thank you. <laughs> so, Megan, in verse number 18 now, we see another, just these expressions just pop out at me where it says in verse 18, who against hope, he believed in hope. So what does this interesting expression mean? relating to Abraham. I remember again growing up as a little child. I don't know, I have a lot to say because <laughs> yeah. I was raised in a Christian home yeah. and I heard that word hope so often. But to me that hope that word hope has with had within its context um possibility not to happen or to happen. Mm. But to me, hey, that's not what hope is as far as this biblical um meaning. It is a hope, is a desire for something not seen to become a reality. Yes. That's the aspect of it that's important, to become a reality. A past president once said that hope is not blind optimism. I think that's how I looked at hope in the past, as being blind. But hope is mm. not blind optimism. Yeah. On the contrary, hope insists that something better awaits us, end of quote. And I studied um, Albert Barnes, he's a Bible commentator, and he said that Abraham believed in that which was promised to excite him, or to excite his hope, sorry. Mm -hmm. In other words, 
the Christian hope is filled with excitement. Mm-hmm. Isn't, that, isn't that a precious? Isn't mm-hmm. that precious? Yeah, yeah, the Christian hope, mm-hmm. the Christian's hope yeah. is filled with excitement. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, that, right. That's beautiful. So, faith is a sure confidence that something will happen. Something not seen, especially, will happen. And this means that Abraham could face the impossible circumstance that surrounded him with hope. Because even if there was no human possibility, no human basis to keep alive the hope, nothing, Abraham knew that nothing was impossible with God. Amen. Yes, and because he knew that, the hope was kept alive. And he, for instance, even his own wife, Abraham's wife, Sarah, according to Hebrews 11.11, faith, according to Sarah, he, she was able to conceive, even though she was past age, yeah. and she conceived. Because she considered him, which is God, faithful to yeah. keep his promise. Yeah, it just didn't seem possible. Right. But they had that sure confidence and hope. I, I love it what it says in Romans 8.24 where it says, We are saved by hope. Mm-hmm. And, and ho- hope is therefore so close to faith. You know? mm-hmm. and, and it says, But hope that is seen is not hope. So faith, hope and faith are very similar, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the mind of Paul as he describes hope. But against hope, even though it seemed like there was no reason for him to hope, he kept hope alive mm-hmm. and God did it. Yeah. And, you know, we still use this phrase, hope against hope, meaning to hope yeah. very strongly that something will happen, although, you know, it's not likely. So in a phrase that people still use today, we have to realize it comes from this verse. It comes from this passage. And really, it's the way that we should live the Christian life. We must live with the hopefulness of truth, justice, God's love, the hope of heaven. You know, we have to live thinking and knowing that these things will prevail in the end. Yes, dear friends, and hope in God, dear friends. You know, I was talking to someone today who was telling me about a man who was in such depression that he went into a transgender surgery and to become a woman, to think that this could perhaps bring him out of depression. And I say to you, hope in God and know that Jesus Christ, you know what, what verse is a beautiful promise? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Stand on the promises of God. Stand on the rock of God himself who has revealed himself, and he will lift you up even out of your depression, dear friends. And and so... As we continue on here, Agathon, we're talking about how Abraham, against hope, believed in hope. So, could you share with us maybe a practical way in your own experience or how someone could apply this in their experience to, against hope, believe in hope? Thank you, Pastor, for that question. Because the question is... uh, practicality to me. It's part of my life. Years ago, I had a word from God, and he was saying to me to get involved into that life, um, that ministry of helping people to make the right decision about abortion. 
And mm. I, I was very timid on doing it, and I sort of slide it away. Mm-hmm. But you know, as I was going through this, and you see the question that you have diverted to me, mm-hmm. where God is speaking to me again. Mm. So we cannot get away from God when he has allotted to us things we have to do. So I just thank God for the opportunity today to express and that we are to do what God has called us to do in doing what he says mm, yeah amen mm. and there are some you're saying uh, agatha that there are some young ladies out there yes who are pregnant mm. and they wonder how in the world can i bring up this child i don't have the financial capability to care for this child and it just doesn't seem like impossible for me to bring this child into the world but we say to you hope thou in god mm. and you will yet yes. praise him against hope believe in hope and god will make you a mother and yea, even a father of many nations, dear friend, to bring that child into the world. One child mm-hmm. can result in many nations. That's mm-hmm. the value of, of life. Yeah. One thing I miss, Pastor, that um, I verse, First Peter 5, 7, where you talk about mm. fear, anxiety, and worries. And this is sometimes a lot of things that affect people into those conditions. Mm-hmm. So today they could use that verse to call upon the Lord and to cast the care upon him. And in due time, he will give them what it takes to come true. Amen. 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 Yeah. Pastor, another way that we can, you know, hope against hope is for our loved ones who are unsaved. You know, so all of us, I think, mm-hmm. have either a family member, extended family member, friends who are not saved. They don't have this faith in Jesus Christ that we're talking about. And mm-hmm. we can hope even if it seems unlikely. And, you know, I, I know from my experience, I've seen people who I thought would never, ever come to Christ come to Christ, you know, that most stubborn person. Mm-hmm. So we can hope against hope for everybody, no matter how, from an earthly perspective, it looks. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what a Christian should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. 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 Your friends, our phone lines are open. We'd like to pray for you, to encourage you to stand on the promises of God. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. We have some godly loving call screeners to encourage you tonight we're talking about standing on those promises god's promises are sure god's promises are sufficient and god's promises give strength right joan and it says in verse number 19 as well it says being not weak in faith and it is easy for our faith to sometimes grow weak so what are some keys do you think or see on how not to become weak in faith. Well, <clears throat> as we said before, Pastor, um, standing on his promises. And if you, you know, open the Bible, read it, yeah. get encouragement from it. Um, was it Psalm 37 uh, is a good one. To, it mm. cur- encourages me a lot. Mm. And um, uh, experiences in life. Mm-hmm. And I find prayer... Fasting and praying. I, I know. I don't think everybody has to fast, but I just feel that God <laughs> listens yeah. to me more mm, if no. I am on, on yeah. an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 and I'm making this sacrifice to appeal to Him. And your uh, prayers are more fervent when your stomach is growling. I is think so. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm so hungry, but I need to. <laughs> I need yeah. to talk to you. Delight yourself more. in the yes. Lord. <laughs> He's greater than my necessary food, right? Yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, mm. I think you develop a good relationship with God. You know, he, he's like 
to me like a member of my family where I can whenever I feel I can just stop, pray, kneel down, you know, it's Yeah. Amen. amen. Yeah. Praise God. That's good. That's wonderful to keep strong in faith. Megan, did you want to add to that? Pastor, could you repeat the question for oh, me, yeah. please? We were just talking about what are some keys to not becoming weak in faith? How do, how do you keep strong in your faith Oh, in that's Jesus? such a wonderful question. It is so easy to every living and go about your daily lives and, and living and, and in your job and everywhere. It is so easy to forget um, Bible study. It's so easy to, to lapse in mm. your Christian walk. But I think there are, there, there are so many good ways, but one thing I always make sure I do is to read the scriptures, to yeah. read the Bible. Yeah. You know. Another good thing might be to fellowship it on with believers yeah. because that, that one light sparks another light, mm-hmm. and we go we go brighter when we when we you know. So having fellowship with believers, read your word and pray. Those are three three good ways. But Amen. you know, I rely mm-hmm. a lot on reading my Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. to help me along those ways. And yeah. praise God, and it says even giving glory to God. You want to go to our phone call here? Yeah, we have sure. Sister Lintia on the line with Hi. us on the Heritage of Faith. Thank you for calling, Lintia. You're on with us. Good, good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you for taking my call. So my question tonight is, um, why isn't Adam called the father of nations as opposed to, to, as opposed <laughs> to Abraham? And um, number two, I'm requesting prayer for my husband and his siblings with the recent death. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, Leon's uh, dad passed away this past week. And so we do pray for, we will be praying for him and his siblings. Thank you for sharing that, uh, Lintia. Uh, so the, the question is, why is Abraham and not Adam called the father of many nations? Mm-hmm. And I, I believe it's just because Abraham is a man known for his faith mm-hmm. and how he was this, the friend of God mm-hmm. and how God called him out, uh, as, as we mentioned earlier, out of the idolatry of the Ur of the Chaldees. Mm-hmm. Now, no doubt we all spring forth from Adam, mm-hmm. right, Lentia? There's just no doubt that all the nations come forth from Adam. But Adam yeah. is more the one through whom sin <laughs> entered into the world, <laughs> you know? So, Michael, did yeah. you want to add to that? Um, well, I, as we're sitting around this studio, I think that I'm the descendant of Japheth, and you are a pastor. And then I think that you ladies are the descendants of Ham, and Abraham was the descendant of Shem. So actually, from a physical perspective, we're not the children of Abraham. Right. But we are the children of him in a spiritual sense through faith. So I would say that, yes, from a physical perspective, Adam is the father of all of us. But it's Abraham. It's through faith from from a spiritual perspective. Yeah. Okay. And that's a good question. I mean, God has his ways for naming people as he names them. But uh, but uh for example, I love it in in 1 Corinthians. If I could just get this verse in chapter 15 where the Lord in speaking of Adam, he calls him the first man. Mm-hmm. So he 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 has a big a big place there yeah, big in in, mm-hmm. in humanity. He's the first man. And the second man, of course, here is Jesus Christ. And so the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. But ultimately, Abraham is used here as an example of of great faith. So that's that's my answer there. Okay? (laughs) Thank you, Lentia. God bless you. We appreciate your call tonight. So let's talk about, continue to talk about Abraham's faith, Sister Megan. And in verses 21... And 22, 
where it speaks how he was fully persuaded that what God had promised he was able to perform. So in these verses, what is Abraham's belief to God's promise? And how how can we apply this as well? And speak to those out there who may be struggling in faith. And how is Abraham's faith such an encouragement to us? Very good question, Pastor. The thing is that I grew up looking at that word promise as not a, not a so good a word. Mm. Because <laughs> it is said that a promise um, brings joy only to fools. <laughs> <laughs> but the Christian life is a life that is based on promise. Mm. You know, so I, I, I've learned to really twist my, change my thinking that mm-hmm. when the promise comes from God, mm. It's not a promise to a fool. Mm. No, because God is good. Amen. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, Abraham was fully persuaded that God was able to perform his promise, that we just promised. That is to give him a son, through which whom all the nations of the world will be blessed. According to Barnes, that that Bible commentator, he says that Abraham's faith was fully was equally implicit and strong when he was commanded to sacrifice his son, his promised son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. End of quote. Wow. Yes. Yeah, and there, that was his faith right there, right. too, where he went to offer his son Isaac. So as Christians, we must keep fully persuaded that what God has promised, he's able to do. We must be fully persuaded that God raised Christ from the dead. Amen. And so he will raise us up to live with him forever and ever one of these days. Amen. We must be persuaded that God will answer our prayers and for salvation for our loved ones too, those of us who are Christians, and that God will provide what we ask him, our provisions, and for his blessing upon our everyday life, fully persuaded that he can do it all for us. Amen. Amen. God's promises, we need to stand on them. They give Amen. us strength. They're sufficient. They're sure. And his promises, Agatha, give us salvation. So as we work our way down to into verse 22 and 23, now he brings the question to us that as righteousness was imputed to Abraham, so that righteousness is imputed to us. Isn't that amazing? Amen. So what is this wonderful application of Abraham's example of faith to us today? I would just like to, to give a little explanation and promise. Mm. It is to consider a declaration of an, of assurance, mm. and one will do a particular thing, and it will happen. And Abraham believed God, and so that we should believe God too, because yes. Abraham believed God without the total written of the word. But today we are blessed yeah. to have the entire word written. And through that, we could have the experience of knowing Jesus Christ in a personal way. Mm. I cannot overemphasize mm. of knowing Christ personally because it is where we begin our spiritual journey in appreciating all that God is saying in His Word. It's an amazing thing, isn't it, Micah? Mm-hmm. That if we believe on Him yeah. that raised up Jesus from the dead, 
who was delivered for our offenses and raised again, we shall have righteousness given to us. Yeah, you know, Abraham, he believed God was going to use him to bring the Messiah into the world. Mm -hmm. And we have to believe in the Messiah, too, in order Mm -hmm. to be saved. And Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins, for our offenses, as Paul says, was raised from the dead in order to justify us. If we believe that, we are the spiritual children of Abraham. And I can't think of a larger blessing other than salvation itself. Amen. 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 Dear friends, the promise that God will save is all throughout the Bible. Like Hebrews 7.25, he's able to save, like somebody well said, from the guttermost to the uttermost <laughs> by Jesus Christ. Amen. Trust Amen. him. Amen. Look to him. Thank you, ladies, for being with us. Thank, Thank you for Micah. tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith.